Hello and welcome to The Book Album, your place for everything related to reading and language. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gens. Now, bookmark that book and let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to Parting the Atlantic, the show where my voice and John's voice is. Our voices are wrecked from what we did over the weekend. John, what did we do over the weekend? We saw a concert. I feel like my voice is more destroyed than yours. <laughs> yes, because you knew the words <laughs> to the songs. Well, and I just knew, ah! Yeah. But hey, it was a good time. It was a really good time. What did we do over the weekend? We went to a concert, a, spring, a, a Bruce Springsteen concert to be Spring specific. Scene. Springsteen! And we went to Portland. Because the concert was in Portland. Yes. So yeah. we had a lovely day in Denver along the way. <laughs> un, un, unplanned stuff. Unplanned, unplanned, but lovely. And obviously, another note, we are in person. We are like physically parting the Atlantic now. Uh-huh. 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 There is no Atlantic to be parted anymore. This is true. For, for like one month. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's going to go right back to the... Original name. Jeez, my voice is destroyed. Yeah, that's why we have tea, folks. Okay. Well, today we are doing Genesis 7. Please bear with us. We're exhausted and our voices are wrecked, but hey, we are coming through for you guys. Do today. it do it for the content. I, I wish I could say do it for the vine, but that's not kind of a thing anymore. Is Vine no longer in existence? You know what? That's Twitter Twitter bought it and shut it down like Five or six years ago. Why? I don't know. Are Vine and TikTok the same thing? No. What's different about them? Um, Vine was limited to six seconds. What's TikTok? It's not limited at all. I don't think. So it's, it's like YouTube, basically, but more based on short content. Yes. It's like YouTube shorts, basically. Mm-hmm. But in its own app. I don't get it. I've ne- this is ta- this is coming from an old person, like semi-millennial, who has never been on TikTok. Yeah. So maybe I get it if I actually interacted with the platform. Yeah. The only one I know is the one that you showed me. Why is this one, Kansas? That's a it's a vine. That's a va- a vine. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know the difference. Vine's better. Ah, uh, okay. Well, listeners, if you can explain the difference, please let us know. I think I did an okay job. Probably not great, but I think I, I, think, I, think I did an Wait, okay job. So the job. only difference is that Vine is no longer in existence. And there's a time limit on Vine. Vine speci- I, there might be a time limit on TikTok, so I don't know, but Vine specifically limited you to six seconds. So, they're like, that's very short form content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised actually if all the Viners went to TikTok. Well, I think, I think the Viners went to, like, YouTube, and then kind of halfway migrated to TikTok as well. I'm sure you have to do both nowadays. Yeah. Depending on who your audience well, is. Well, yeah, depending on what you do and who your audience is. I mean, both platforms meet different needs, and there's kind of, like, an overlap in the middle. Yeah. I had to quit YouTube recently. This is now becoming a Patreon episode. I don't know why. <laughs> 
Well, hey, I don't know. PTA can be kind of casual sometimes. Yeah. Also, we don't have a ton of verse to go over today, so it's, it's a little more. Well, all, all, all of them, the non-patrons are getting a good snapshot into why they should become patrons. Exactly. Patreon.com slash relevance of literature. Y'all should become patrons. I support this. <laughs> yeah, you've got a Patreon-only podcast every yeah. month. Uh, for the month of February, we're going to be going over a book that we're not going over on the main channel. I'll get that. I for should March, subscribe. For March, we could do um, like a spicy topic. Like the two of us? Yeah. We can what are do you thinking? A, I'm thinking we could debate the question, did Jesus sin oh. on the Patreon? I have thoughts about this. I have thoughts too, and we disagree, and I'd like to know why. Because I think I, I'm right. <laughs> well, I, I have some forewarning to collect some evidence. So okay. Be ready, Gens. <laughs> okay. Be ready. So, yeah, if you want spicy topics, join the Patreon. Should yeah. we discuss Genesis 7? Yes. Um, so, we're still in Noah right now. That's sort of our historical timestamp. Yeah. Noah has built the ark. He's preparing. God says to Noah in the previous verses from the last time we recorded last month, look, don't worry about it. I am going to send these animals to you. It's going to be great. Just take seven pairs of clean animals, all the clean ones and the birds, and one pair of the unclean animals on your boat. And he does that. I'm surprised that God had unclean animals on there because in my mind kind of what's that saying is that those unclean animals are more valuable to God than the humans at the time. Save yeah. Noah. Yeah. Well, also biodiversity is an extremely important part of the world, you know? Yeah. And also, here's another thing. Think about this. Like philosophically... If you only had clean animals, then there would be no reason to distinguish between clean and unclean. They would just all be animals. I feel after we do the Jesus and Patreon, we should also do a Patreon that is how much of the Bible is literature and how much is descriptive. Yeah. Because like, I, I don't know if that's the kind of thing where like someone's like, why do we have unclean animals? Oh, just because like God told Noah to bring some on the ark. Or if, like, 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 to what degree is that just, like, them explaining something after the fact? And to what extent do we understand it as, like, literally what happened? Because I feel like we've run into this problem a couple times so far. Mm-hmm. Like, value judgments. Because um, clean and unclean for me is a value judgment on, like... And so it's interesting that you say, like, the unclean animals are worth more than the humans at the time. Because that's, like, objectively true in the case of the... Like, the humans died. Everything else died. Yeah. And Noah and the animals were there. Because, I mean, just the whole purpose of the Ark is God pretty much, you know, we mentioned when we were discussing before that it's pretty much yeah. like the first covenant. So it's kind of God saying to Noah, like, you know, here's an agreement. I'll protect you as long as you do this thing. Tabula rasa. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. What are the advantages of kosher? Or disadvantages in that case. Because I was thinking about this clean and unclean animals thing. And how I have a lot of um, friends who are either Jewish or they practice some form of Islam. 
and they just don't eat, you know, certain meats, certain, you know, kosher versus non-kosher, and then, then and I'm not sure exactly what all the dietary restrictions entail, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I can speak too much to kosher, what I know about halal is that I, I could be wrong about this, I haven't studied much of it, but I think it's less about, like, a clean versus unclean and more about, like, um, you know, how the animals are killed and okay. doing it in a way that that honors the animals and honors their lives and honors God creation, God's creation mm-hmm. versus just kind of like picking a cow and taking it out back. Right. And then, yeah, and then like kosher is about like not only what it is, but how they prepare it. There's a really, really bad um, flop that my mom did one time. My brother and I both went to Jewish camp for 10 years when we were younger. We would just go to camp at the JCC because that was one of the places with the best uh, like summer curriculars. Um, and it was really cool in the sense that we got to learn a lot about Jewish culture growing up. Um, and she accidentally brought uh, shrimp to the <laughs> end of summer potluck yeah. one year. <laughs> and she was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. So... But yeah, that's, I think that's one of the beautiful things about interacting with other cultures and traditions. And that certainly, to me, extends to the Bible, you know, because yeah. there's a very, like, there's a book called Thou Shall Prosper um, that I'm reading now. And it's, yeah, I think, I think the rabbi's name is Rabbi Levin. Um, and yeah, he just has such a different viewpoint and interpretation of the Bible. Um and for me as a Christian, you know, there are some things that, of course, I would look at and interpret differently or that I've taught, I've been taught differently. Um, but however, I think there's a real richness and a real value in looking at these other perspectives. Yeah. Especially, I mean, we could go on a whole different conversation about the interconnectedness of Abrahamic religions. Um, but... I mean, because Christianity doesn't really have anything similar, do we? To? To, like, kosher halal. Nothing comes to mind. Yes, um, there are some Christians. I had an oboe teacher who was, like, a really, like, devout Christian. So she also didn't eat, like, pork or, like, any of the bottom feeders, quote-unquote, like, lobster and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I know, like, Catholics have meat during um, Lent. Yeah. And there's like some meat restrictions as well. That's, I mean, that's less about like how the food is prepared and more about right. not eating it. Yeah, I wonder, do Mormons have anything that has stuck out in my mind for some reason? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I think there are some similarities just because like very literally what you eat becomes who you are. Yeah. Um, and I think when you get into these ways of life, like religion, that's that becomes sort of it's an integral part of look. Like yeah. we are who we are, we eat like who we are and Yeah. Yeah. Our culture influences and reflects our lifestyle choices and a big part of that is food. Yeah. Cool. For me, what makes this chapter is verse five and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. 
I think that's the verse that makes it for me because it's just like, okay, so that's what you should be emulating as a Christian. That's what you should be doing. Um, essentially, like, it, to me, it goes deeper than just like Noah following orders. It's that Noah was connected enough with God to listen to him yeah. and to know what God wanted. God speaks to Noah directly here, so it's a little different, but you know, like to have that open, close relationship with God in order to hear what he wants to say um, and wants to do with your life and then to actually follow it, even though I'm sure, like, I don't know if Noah, like, was scared or if he just trusted God or if he kind of had both going for him, but... I'm sure that's something you both. I mean, like, you know, especially looking at Abraham, who is, you know, often heralded as such a... Like, you know, even Kierkegaard calls him God, like, like the knight of faith must have been shaken in his boots the whole way up the mountain with the sun. But, you know, I, I think there's kind of a mixture there where Noah kind of is like, well, I'm about to watch everyone I love get murdered, <laughs> but still trusting in, in, in God. I had him in one of my classes the other day. We had a discussion, I will say. Um, and I, I, I think this is just something to touch on lightly because there's like it's such a loaded topic of um, looking at how we understand the devil in Christianity mm -hmm. as this like attractive cutting person, mm -hmm. I guess. And comparing that to how people like Noah and Abraham know that they're actually talking to God. Mm-hmm. And how we react to different things based on um, basically how we how we know that it's actually God talking to us, telling us to do things, and not just the devil wreaking, you know, wrecking havoc. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I think this is a this is I think like almost nothing else, the story of Noah is such like a big topic where it's just. You know, God, I, I only a few times come to mind where God comes even close to murdering a village, let alone everyone. Yeah. So, excuse me, like, like it's interesting to me to, to, to have it so forward of just, you know, here's what God said, and no one did it. Um, I think, you know, I, I think I, I would be interested to, to know more about like how scholars trace instances like this and how they understand this to actually be the word of God versus um, a cunning work by the devil to, to trick someone basically. I think a big component of that is that no sorrow comes from God directly. Um, and so while like this would have been a extremely an extremely difficult you know, thing for Noah to conceptualize, thing for Noah to do. Um, it seems to me like Noah wouldn't have done it if he didn't see sort of the brighter side of things, right? Because the alternative would have been God would have just destroyed everybody, including Noah. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, like, I, you can make the argument of, like, you know, look at Jesus in the desert with the, with the serpent that comes up and says, like, hey, you know, you're a king. Look, you know, think, think about like the power that you can have and kind of knowing like how to distinguish like that sort of like quote unquote the bright side of things versus like the God type of bright side of things. Well, yeah, but the other thing is that like 
everything that the devil offers is within this lifetime, you know? That's how it seems to me, at least. Yeah. Whereas, like, God has eternal offerings that never end. Yeah. So, uh, it, like, it's, it's like, yes, eternal offerings also have that, like, attractive quality, but it goes much deeper than that. It doesn't feel like a bargain that you're making. It just feels like a, a job. You know, yeah. like being a Christian is, you know, it's a way of life. It's something that you choose every day, yeah. um, you know, to practice and to start again every day. Um, and in that sense, it's it's just a, it's an undertaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely one of those, like, it's not a gamble at all. Yeah. And it's forever. It's not just... To have riches right now or to have riches 10 years from now because those might never come you know it's like that sort of difference between material wealth and emotional or personal wealth when you're just kind of happy in an empty room yeah and that can be enough i think that's true happiness and true peace i don't think happiness is the thing we should be chasing anyway yeah what do you think about that Fundamentally, from the way that I think Christianity approaches, yeah, what well, Jesus is um, eternal life. I, I think we could also get onto how that's linked to happiness. I think that happiness definitely plays a role. Like, there's definitely joy involved um, in like celebrating religion with other people and praising God. But I also think that the ultimate goal is contentment. Yeah. Like, just being able to sit by yourself in the silence for a while and just being like, I'm maybe bored, but not really. Like, I could just sit here. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a good day. It's a good day to be alive. Yeah. Kind of like, I don't know. I think it really moved me, like, how Springsteen was saying, like, every day is a gift. Like, you never know. And it seemed like he had a lot of, like, songs or, like, moments where he talked about death and about sort of the, I don't know, immediacy or the lack of constancy in life. Yeah. And then, like, his last song yesterday was kind of like, we thought it might have been a recognition that it was his last tour, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, I think I've been kind of mulling those ideas over my head in the last 24 hours and that sense of peace and that sense of, consistency yeah. and contentment that's i mean contentment is in conclusion that i've come to long ago but yeah. you know it just reinforced those sentiments in my head one of the big things that draws me to springsteen is that um i think i think his music is realistic um and i i think in many ways yeah it, it kind of helps you work towards that contentment of Kind of being able to say like, you know, this situation that we're in kind of sucks and I'm not perfect. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't make peace with where we are and move ourselves forward. So mm -hmm. that that is a very quick overview, but I think in many ways it's kind of healing to hear. Um, and he's been very open in his life and in his career about how imperfect he is. Like, like he's certainly not a saint. So. Yeah. Did he ever have like alcohol or drug issues? 
Yes, he has. Ashley, yeah, he has. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. I was like, huh, he seems like... Because he's super buff. Like, he's super in shape. Yeah. And I was just like, huh, how... Like, I don't know, because all the... In my head, the stereotype of the old rock stars, you know, the heroin addict who dies at 30 or 40. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, he... he He's dealt with a lot, but um, somehow, so, you know, he's a he really. I I, I don't want to be talking up Springsteen for our entire podcast, but he's a trooper. <laughs> anyway, you really could. You love Springsteen. I I, I I could go on for a while, but yeah, I'll restrain myself for now. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. Anything else about this? <laughs> chapter that you want to talk about i mean you know essentially what ends up happening is the lord lets the rains come for 40 days and 40 nights and then the lord quote unquote shut noah in unquote um for 150 days into the ark and these days again we don't sort of like the beginning we don't know what the actual length that our hours and minutes would be but it was a long time yeah this is the first time that the 40 days and 40 nights pass up, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, my brain is too fried. My, my brain is too fried to come up with a deep meaning about it, but... Yeah, numerology. These numbers keep coming up again. And again. Yeah. There's like the seven. You know, seven is a very, like... In my mind, three and seven are the holy numbers because three of the trinity and then... Seven, um, and I guess like twelve because of the twelve disciples. Yeah. And did David have twelve sons, thirteen sons? Yeah. yeah, something like that. I think I was reading the other day that on the do- back of the dollar bill, there's like thirteen stars or something because of the thirteen original colonies, but also because of David's thirteen sons. But yeah, I'm serious. Is that just very lucky that they're having to be 13 though? No, it has a double meaning, is what I was reading. But it's really interesting. Like, there's, I think what's cool about reading, like, these very early verses in the Bible is that, like, there starts to become, like, in my mind, connections between, like, the Bible and, like, old biblical symbolisms and meanings yeah. and the things that we see every day and, t- and take for granted like the back of the US dollar bill yeah yeah alright do we have anything else to say this is a quicker episode because we are exhausted we got back from the airport a couple hours ago yeah <laughs> alright Genesis I, I, 7 I think that'll be it yeah and, you know next episode we kind of hit the end of the flood and work through all that yeah true I mean, we could definitely pick up again sooner. Yeah. Yeah, and just do a more involved episode. Alrighty, my love. I love you. We'll talk soon. We will talk soon. I love you too. Bye. Bye.
If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more from us, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Dracula. There really is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website at relevanceofliterature.com under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as any current goings-on of our show. If you are looking for even more content, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time.